This is your host, Sam Jarocki from J-Rock Lawn Care and Gardening. Speaking about all things lawn care, gardening related and business wise, whether you do this at home for a bit of fun or if you're trying to break into the business, sit tight and enjoy the podcast. Hello everyone and welcome back to this week's podcast. Here we are on episode number 23 and it is titled Hedges. Right then, so we are getting towards a point now where the lawn care content across basically all channels over this side of the world is going to be getting less and less, just simply because the conditions that are, it's a lot wetter now, and also the growth is slowing down, especially compared to, you know, six weeks ago or so. So we're going to start being talking about more how to prepare for the season coming ahead, and basically other factors that we're going to be doing at the moment, or at least even myself, whether that might be alternative services, like today, what is hedges? Really where this sort of topics came from, or the reason why I wanted to speak about it, when I started getting into sort of the gardening world and I wanted to start offering it as a service, there was so much stuff out there for, you know, lawn care and lawn care business, and even just running a business in general. There was so much to sort of pick from, whereas what I found is... One thing that I kind of wanted to offer from the get-go was hedge work, you know, mainly trimming more than anything else. And I just couldn't really find any information on it. So what I've tried to do in this week's podcast is, for those that are interested in doing it as a service, or even if you're just a homeowner and you've got a hedge outside that, you know, might be on the boundary between yourself and your neighbour, I've just got, I went through some rules and some do's and don'ts and just some general talk about, you know, pricing of hedges and all the rest of it. So in today's podcast, I'm going to be talking through sort of four main uh, categories, let's call it, like sections. First one being types of hedges and why they're used, rules, how to go by trimming them, and also pricing. So them four things is kind of what I'm going to focus on talking about. I have no idea how long this one's going to last. It depends how much I just sort of fall into it. But it's definitely something I wanted to touch on. Like I say, there just seemed to be a, a lack of, not so much knowledge, but a lack of conversation about it. And it's one of them that it's quite easy to look at a lawn and go, I know how to cut it. But to myself, that didn't grow up with hedges in the garden, I looked at hedges and go, right, am I missing a trick? Is there something that I need to know? Like, you know, is there some hidden rules behind it? Which there is. Um, and just that sort of stuff. So that's why we're going to be talking about it today. Uh, so to go into the first one, is what is the types of hedges and why they're basically used is for what I see as main reasons why they are getting used and then four things are simply boundary lines so whether that's between yourself and your neighbor or between your property and a road okay so boundary lines are often put in by either fences or by hedges just to obviously state you know what plot of land is yours so that's the first one next one just being Generally, privacy, you know, if quite often next to a main road or if you just don't want your neighbours peering over a fence, hedges are often used over the fence, peering in your garden, I mean, the hedges are used as well. You've also got shelter against winds, so this is my a great thing to know whether you might even be installing hedges, and in regards to this, you might actually have to look into the type of hedge that you would use. But basically, if you live in an area that's sort of You've got a high wind funnel, let's call it, where, you know, if it was, imagine a dip down in a valley, okay, that wind's going to just sort of tunnel through that valley. Uh, if your property's sort of in the middle of an area like that, 
then what you'll often find is if you put a solid object, i.e. a fence, uh, on the boundary line of that property, you know, the wind side, let's call it, then what happens is that it crashes into that fence and then it actually goes up and over at a lot faster of a speed. So, you know, imagine the line sort of coming down, hitting the fence, it pops over the top of it and then it rockets through the garden. So it actually doesn't really stop it much, obviously unless you, you sat right behind it. But it kind of goes into a sort of a leaped, um, if you imagine it, like a graph. You know, it's kind of leaps over, then rockets through. Whereas what happens when you have a hedge in these sort of scenarios is it doesn't actually hit the hedge and go over the top and through. What happens is the wind, as it tunnels its way through, it hits the hedge and it sort of gets knocked out of place as it goes through this hedge. I don't know the actual terminology here. But what it does is it disturbs it, so it massively slows it down. And by the time it gets in and through the garden, the wind's at a lot lower of speed, okay? So you're not getting them high winds crashing through your property. So that's one reason as well why you might put hedges on the boundary lines and things like that. And also noise dampering, um, you know, a great way if you live next to a very busy road is getting one of these thick full hedges uh, planted in that, you know, it might not do much in the beginning, but, you know, three to five years down the line, it's going to make an effect where it's going to really dampen that noise of cars and everything that's passing outside your houses. So really that's the four main reasons why people might use them and why they're there in the first place. So if you ever turn up to a property and, you know, they're wanting them reduced because they don't like them, you've got to remember quite often places with hedges in place, they're not always the ones that actually put them there. So what you'd find is that someone maybe 10 years ago, eight year ago that planted that hedge, it's because of, say, a noisy road, this now new customer that's lived there six months hates the look of it and they want to be able to see it in the streets. Well, it's sort of not your job to, but it's a helpful reminder to say, absolutely, we can reduce it for you. We can, you know, take it down to the stump, stump grind, whatever we need to do. But just so you're aware, that very busy road that you've got outside your house, you're going to hear a lot more of that noise and these hedges are actually helping to protect that. So, you know, you come across a lot more informative and they're probably going to appreciate the fact that you're giving them, you know, a bit of your knowledge and time to go through that instead of just saying, yeah, we'll get it down. You know, it's not my problem. So they're the four main reasons why. Understand them and you can kind of build a better bond between you and that client. The main sort of two categories that they then I see them falling into is formal and informal. Your formal almost being like a boxes, something like that, that quite oftenly tightly clipped and it's shaped up, you know. So this formal and informal, there's the same hedge can fall into both categories, but it's how it's finished and, you know, the end result, what makes it a formal hedge or an informal. So then your informal might be like a hydrangea or something like that. That's more of a, a natural shape. But like I say, you could get a privet and often people get privets really tightly trimmed and, you know, you often see either curved tops, squared tops, or even the 45-degree cut tops uh, on, like, a privet hedge. And then, alternatively to that, I've also got people that's got, like, cottage gardens, and they hate having them cut back nice and tight. They have sort of maybe half that year's growth taken off and just left it in an over, you know, a more of a bushy, round shape. So, informal and formal hedges, that's a key note to know as well, because if you're... You gauge your client when you when you first start that consultation. They might not always describe every detail. And although that is their job, okay, they need to tell you exactly what they want, it's down to you as well to try and 
feed the important information out of your client and you know whether they want it tightly clipped or you know loosely trimmed is a question that you need to be making sure that you've asked them really just so that there's not any disputes at the end quite frankly because you ask the question and then that's your part done that's all you can physically do apart from getting something in writing just so when it does come to like doing that job that you're happy with the end result and so are they and the most common ones that I really often see in the UK and I'm sure most of you agree with that you know you're down Devon way or if you're in the north of Scotland and anywhere in between is the three sort of main ones that we get seem to be a privet hedge they're sort of like your, your uh, smaller leafier foliage evergreen so they stay green throughout the whole year beach hedges you can normally get these in green and copper beach as well uh, they lose lose their leaves every year and also you know the range of conifers that you have uh, again an evergreen and they don't drop the needles but like I say evergreen so they're, they're the three main that, main ones that you sort of see and you see them in every way shape and form whether it's formalized whether it's nice nicely clipped in or ball shape or whatever it might be you know they all comes in all sorts of shapes and sizes but they're the three main to look out for if you don't know what them three are then I'll just suggest googling them because you know they're the three that you're most commonly going to come up against and often a beach and privet although they can be trimmed similar a conifer is totally different so you need to know the differences and basically what what you're looking at quite frankly um going from that in the next category what is the rules there's a couple of main rules to know with when it comes to hedges and these are something i suggest anyone that is going to be holding a hedge trimmer this season next season you know whenever it might be or if you even think about trimming a hedge even if it's your own you read up on these rules and it is key because you know they are held there by law and if someone reports you for not doing these then you can get in you know I'm pretty sure a nice hefty fine coming your way so just ensure that you know them the first one being you know nesting season everything to do with this so nesting season roughly lasts for February or August if you don't know what I'm on about here then I'm talking birds all right you know your winged friends beautiful chirpy birds right they often nest in hedges and trees between February and August now what you've got to take with a pinch of salt here Although they're guidelines that you're given, they can both <laughs> be nesting earlier and later than them dates. Now, yes, that isn't brilliant for us lot, but you've just got to keep it in mind so that anytime, at least be between them dates, check the hedges over if you're going to be doing any trimming at all. If not, anyway, then chuck them to the sides of the to either side of them dates because, quite frankly, the way I see it, there's more than enough work with grass growing between them on the sorry on the outskirts outside of them dates that we do not need to be trimming hedges quite frankly although there is some customers that do like them being done two three times a year and kept in a really nice way nothing wrong with that you've just got to ensure that there's no birds nesting or that you're going to be disturbing their nests so give or take either outside of them so we have to abide by the wildlife and countryside act 1981 i'll just say that again that is the Wildlife and Countryside Act 1981 and basically stop ourselves from breaching the European Habitats Directive 1992 Nesting Birds Directive. Yes, I've got that written down. All right, so I'll just say that again. Then ones are the Wildlife and Countryside Act 1981 and also the European Habitats Directive 1992 and the Nesting Birds Directive. So they're the actual formal legislations that tell you 
that you cannot cope within them dates if you are disturbing a nest. So, in a nutshell, what do them two things say? Quite frankly, it says you cannot do anything knowingly. That means removing eggs from, from a nest, placing birds in a different, you know, an area, harming out the wildlife and hedging, um, any of this stuff, basically harm them, move them, touch them, disturb them. Okay, you can't do any of it. But what you can do, and you know, I've had to do on scenario before, is I've came for a consultation, they've really needed it done with inside this parameter. I've warned them of nesting birds, we've had a look, and we found that there's been one. And what it's been is that the very centre of the hedge, there's not been any birds in there at the time, but there is still an, a nest, right? No eggs, but there's still a nest, so you're not sure what's going on. So what I've done is, you know, you've either been able to trim because it's empty, or and you're obviously not going anywhere near it, you're not reducing the hedge. Or if it, you know, if there's been eggs there, what you could do is you could trim all the way up to a point where, say, a meter either side of it or whatnot, make sure that you go nowhere near that actual nest, trim up the rest of the area, and then leave them sections where, you know, you'd be disturbing the nest, let's call it, and come back at a later date. So you can still, you know, do most of a job next to all of the job. You've just got to be aware of the nest and at least, if not for anything else, ensure you check it over. The first thing I really ask clients if they ever call me up about a hedge um, and it's between these dates, I'll say, have you noticed in the past few weeks any birds flying in or out the hedge? The chances are, you know, if they love the garden, they're going to say yes because they'll be on the lookout for this. But even if they say no, when you get there, you just need to make sure that they are aware that once you are there, you need to check it through for nests. And yes, it's not always a two-minute job because you've got to, you know, literally take a peek every sort of meter or so. You want to be having a look in there and just, yeah, ensuring that they're not there. So the main thing is if you come across a nest, then stop. Make sure that you check it out and make sure that you're not disturbing it. The next one I've got here is from, so that's everything about the, the nesting with birds. That's short and sweet, but please read up on them rules because there is actually quite a few paragraphs towards that to them rulings and the fact of, you know, how you can be fined and all the rest of it. But the next one that you have here, and I've got this one from the Citizens Advice page, and this is on high hedges. So quite often, or at least what you'll come across at some point while you are doing hedge work, uh, is the fact that customers often complain about the neighbours, and it's the fact that, you know, the hedge is too high, but they won't trim it down. It's theirs, it's mine, you know. what, Whatever it is, there's always a bit of drama somewhere along the line of someone thinking that the hedge isn't theirs, or the fact it's too high, or whatnot. So this is straight from the citizens' advice, like I've said. And what it is is that hedges can only legally be um, be grown to a height of two meters. That's around six and a half to six and three quarter feet. And as soon as it goes past that point, you can basically complain about it if it's not your hedge. The way it works is it can only go higher than that if both neighbors agree that they're happy for that to happen. Okay, for that to grow past that height. If a customer, for example, wants to go lower, you can also apply for what's called a, a high hedge notice. And that's basically where you write to the council and you, you apply for this and it can cost within £400 or more, depending on the council, that, you know, the region that you're in. And it's it's basically, I, Sam Jaroki, would have asked my neighbour, Dorothy Perkin, to lower her hedge from three metres to two metres, and yet she refuses. They might have a look over the case, they might come out the property, review it, check if your garden loses light, all this sort of stuff. 
see basically how it's hindering you and then they can make a decision on if it's going to get lowered. Um, from this point here, like I said, this is something that you can tell your clients about and because often they'll come at you and they'll ask you about your advice or they'll just tell you, oh, it's at three metres, I want it down to two. Okay, another question that you need to be asking, you know, when you go there for the consultations is, is your neighbour all right with this? Is it, you know, if you share the same hedge, have they agreed to this? You know, if you notice it's actually growing on their side, then especially you need to be asking, have they agreed with it? And if you're not too sure or you're not happy with the answer or whatever else, knock on the next door neighbour and just say, look, I'm just double checking. You know, your neighbour has said this, is this is this fine? Because at the end of the day, the last thing you want is to be stuck between this battle of, you know, what could have been a feud going on for months and months and now you're in the middle because you've actually cut it down where really the neighbour that's told you to do it hasn't given you the rights to do it. So you need to really be making sure that you don't get caught out by these points. So what is the fact that there might be nesting birds in there in that you have an actual right to lower the hedge to that point. So with it going that high, like I was saying, anything past two metres, it needs to be flagged. It can be flagged up. The other disagreement is normally who owns the hedge. Now, it can simply be if the hedge is grown on the boundary line of the properties, then it's of both neighbours on either side to take care of their own part of the hedge. Now, the only way to find this out is basically in every deed to a house, there is normally uh, basically your boundary line. And there's a map of, it's normally like a satellite image, and it'll show you the boundary lines. If the hedge is on that boundary line, and not, you know, a metre right, metre left, then it's of the responsibility of both neighbours to keep that trimmed. Okay, so that's another thing you need to look for. You can't just go off, like, a small four-foot fence. If you're unsure, then you can tell them to, to ensure that basically they've checked the deed of the house and that the boundary line's been checked. Because if it's not and it's actually been grown on the other neighbour's side, then they have the overall say of basically maintaining the hedge. You're allowed to cut anything that overgoes your boundary line. As soon as you cut into their boundary line, then you're basically breaking the law and they can sue you for damage of their property, believe it or not. So this is why you got to make sure because, like I say, you turn around and just saying, well, you know, Mrs. Smith told me that it was fine. I don't, not that of any experience, but I don't think would cut it. I think you'd still have to ensure that, you know, you're not messing up, okay, and that the other neighbour's happy to go ahead as well. So there are just a few things to make sure of before you actually even cut a hedge. This is all just through the consultation process. For actually trimming a hedge, like I says, originally when I came with, this was really something that I wanted to offer. I was watching people on YouTube like um, like Jason Gardner, and what it was is he's got so many YouTube videos of him basically trimming and reducing different types of hedges, and I just found it really satisfying. So when it came to starting up my own gardening business, it was one of them things that it just felt right to go alongside the lawn care because I knew... You know, there's always this debate of whether it's a seasonal job, seasonal job and all the rest of it. And yes, it is. You know, grass only grows well uh, between certain months of the year. But on the outside of that, there is things like hedge work that really come in at the fine line where you can focus on and kind of get yourself through the best part of winter doing so. So it was something that I always wanted to put out there straight away. And I really just, not, like I say, not growing up with any hedges around my properties. I really just wanted to get a feel for and basically see how to do it. So I'm just going to give some tips on actually trimming hedges and, you know, my 10 pence on it. And the first one has to be find out the type of hedge and ensure it's checked over. 
Okay, so what this is, is it's not even always about the foliage of the hedge or, you know, you need to check them over. And the reason why is quite often where these hedges are planted to grow, they are next to a fence or now they are now three metres, four metres wide, even more than that. And there's objects that have been inside that uh, that have just been lost along the way, let's call it. So one that I came across uh, was a washing line, you know, the hedge is basically growing along around this washing line. And if you imagine the old metal washing lines, at the very top there's like this cross piece. And, you know, you get your trimmer blades cut and that, going 3,200 cuts per second or whatever it's called. Uh, it's really going to start messing with your trimmer. So not only things like that, there's quite often the old wired fencing that's hanging in there and it's been grew over. Or there's even just sharp objects that have been chucked in. I know speaking to others before when we've spoke about, you know, the, the weirdest things you found in all the rest of it, people's found, you know, disgusting, like used needles stuck in stuck inside of hedges and so really just chuck them over. I don't know what uh, check them over, sorry. I don't know what it is, but people tend to just chuck stuff in hedges. Even if it's all like old garden equipment, you know, old pair of secateurs or whatnot, you know, there's I'm sure pretty much everyone's seen it all. So check these hedges over, not just for the type of hedge, so you know what you're dealing with, but also, you know, the safety of it, just so you're not going to ruin your equipment and you just know what to expect. Another thing with checking over hedges on ones like conifers especially, you find that conifers aren't always, if they haven't been taken care of or if they're very old, they're not always this lovely, smooth, you know, hedge. What they can be is they can have a lot of contours to them, you know, they can be very bumpy. And where you might have one area that's lovely and flat, the next might look that, but that's just because it's got this year's growth on it. Before, like, through that, it might be, you know, you might be back into the wood of the, uh, the woodier growth. And if you cut that far back on something like a conifer, it's not going to grow back through. So sometimes what you'll find, and this isn't always the case, but sometimes what you might find is that on a hedge, it'll actually have a big brown point or, you know, You've got this lovely green hedge and then it's just got this big bit of dye back. Now, there can be all sorts of reasons for this, from disease to pesticides to, you know, there can be all sorts going on there that make a hedge start to brown off. But what you can also get is people cutting too far back and then not growing back through properly. So that's just something that you need to be aware of. And by checking the hedge over, you can. it's like one thing that you can almost rule out before you start. The one after that, is ask the customer if they have any preference on what basically they want with it and even regardless what they say ensure you advise them as well so for example someone's just moved into this property they've never had hedges and i'll use the same one again and they have this conifer you know it's eight foot tall and they say look i want to reduce down to four foot so it's this little garden hedge kind of you know good for the walkway and they might not know that it's not going to fill back in on top you know, it might, grow, it might grow over and like blend it, disguise it, but you're not going to get new growth coming from that. So just ensure that regardless what they say, you still advise them if you've got more of a professional opinion. But at the end of the day, it is the customer's last word on it. If they tell you to do something and that's how they want it done, then look, they're the customer, they're paying you at the end of the day. You need to kind of um, appreciate that and, you know, they're, they're the paying customer. So they're the two main things. The other part will be taking your time. Now, quite often, you can just... 
I've, I've driven past some people and they've just been hacking at hedges. Whether it's just the first pass or not, I'm unsure. But I'll just say, take your time. Often with a hedge, you know, whenever I start, I'll start at usually one of the ends. For myself, I'm right-handed, so I always find it more comfortable to work from the very far right-hand side and work myself to the left. And that's just simply, you know, I find myself more comfortable standing that way and it just feels more natural. I can swap hands and have, you know, my right hand further down the grip and the left one on the trigger. It isn't a problem. Uh, I don't know if anyone has that problem, but I don't mind using the trimmer in both hands. But that's the way I like to work. So I always find, pick a side and work your way through it. What I'd also say is don't feel like you need to do the finishing cut on your first pass. And what I mean by that is, say you inspect your hedge and you go, right, I'm going to take three inches, four inches of growth off of this hedge. Don't feel like you need to go, well, actually, let's push it a bit more than that. Let's say there's 18 inches of growth right, this year. Don't need to look at that and go, right, I'm going to take that back 18 inches, you know, and that's how I'm going to carry through the whole hedge. There's a couple of things on this. One, the longer you leave your cuttings, the harder it is to bag, bin, whatever it might be. Secondly, once you've cut it off, you can't put it back on. All right, quite simply. So quite often what I'll do is, let's say there's a 30 meter hedge, I'll do my first cut and I'll either, in two different ways, I'll either walk the whole hedge down and cut off, let's say, two thirds you know, of that cut. So let's just say 12 inches of the 18. I'll cut that first, walk the whole line and I'll go, right, I'm happy with that. And then I'll go in for the final cut, what will then be a lot slower. So, you know, you might go a bit more ragged for the first 12 inches. And then for that last third, that's your final cut. So that's where you're making sure it's all smooth. You're not cutting in. By cutting in, what I mean is you need to be wary of where the hedge trimmer blade goes because the point that you might you might be looking at, you need to bear in mind where the end of the trimmer is. Okay, so you need to imagine like, uh, imagine holding a ruler up to, and this is no an exaggeration, but a ruler up to a sphere, okay, to a football. When you do this, there's only going to be a certain part of the blade touching that football. Okay, now imagine that shape carries on, all right? So it's a football next to another football next to another football. When you're doing this, you're obviously going to want to get in between with them where that angle gets really tight. As you do this, if you're not looking at where the end of the blade is, what you'll get is something called cutting. And you'll be trying to trim one part, but then you'll be going a lot further into the hedge than what you're, what you're meaning to. Now, like I say, if you do this with something like a conifer, you can make a great problem for yourself and take it so far back, it's not going to grow back through. Okay, so just bear in mind at all times. The next one of that is angles, right? Just because you're cutting it one way, you don't always need to cut with, you know, side facing the hedge. It can be as well that, you know, you don't just have it horizontally to the, like, parallel with the ground cutting. Okay, you can turn the whole point of the hedge trimmer, being able to, you know, pull the just at the very end and change the angle of the hedge trimmer okay, the oscillating blade almost, is the fact that you can actually hit different angles from different positions and also to make it comfortable for you. Because trust me, when you're, you know, cutting a hedge for two days, say, and you're doing it for 10 hours a day, you know, it takes its wear on the body. So you just don't want to be in that same position all the time. So what you may find is, again, with the football next to the football next to the football, okay, having it parallel to the floor isn't going to be your best way. What you might want to do is pull that adjuster so now your hedge trimmer tip is now facing the sky and sort of going with the curve, okay? 
I wish I had this on like a YouTube video to show you, but you'd go with the curve and you'd follow the curve along its natural path. All right, so don't just get stuck in going, this is how you cut a hedge. You know, every hedge is the same. After looking at one, you need to sort of see the how it sort of flows, the shape of the hedge, and how best to cut it. Are they wanting it taken really tightly back, or are they wanting it very informal and very bushy still? They're just wanting, you know, a quarter of the this year's growth taken back in. These are things that you've just got to be aware of, because like I say, once you've actually taken that off, you can't do much about it, and you can't be putting it back on. So um, they're just some things to know for when you're actually trimming the hedge. Lastly, what I'm going to talk on here is simply price. And as I've always told anyone that's ever asked me or anything else is I'm very open when it comes to my prices, how I price things. And look, I'm not saying for a moment here that my prices are the ones to go off, uh, the way I go by. But what I am saying is when I first started out, it was the first thing on my mind. How do I price this? You know, I've came onto this property, never done this type of job before. Where do I start? And just sometimes what I find is hearing others talk about how they price jobs just sort of gives you that bit of confidence to go forward and give that price yourself. Now, you know, another thing what it's going to do if we were just more open as a community about talking about pricing instead of coming away from this, you know, race to the bottom competitiveness, you know, I will, I'll beat your price is if we were all a little bit more open about how much we charge about things, you probably find that we would be better paid. Now, you know, there's people out there when I've posted um, or others have posted on groups saying, you know, how best to quote this job. I've seen ranges of answers. For example, the um, the overgrown garden. If you check out my YouTube channel, there's an overgrown garden that I got down from about waist high in places, back down at the floor. You know, I charged X amount. I can't actually remember what I said that I charged on that job. But those people double, triple my amount on that job. You know, that... You know, that was their go-to rate. And obviously, they've had people accept it. So if we're all a bit more open, and for me, that might charge £200 for a job and someone else might charge 600 five, £600 for a job, you know, if we're all in the loop with that, then we'd all be a lot more competitive and we would all be earning that much better. And it would probably get a lot rid of a lot of the strugglers as well, you know, that maybe give a bad name to this industry. But anyway... The prices uh, that I give for hedges is I start at at least £30 an hour. Now, I don't often take hedges on on an hourly basis. I'll only ever do that if there's a lot of hedging and I'm just unsure. I just can't fathom how long it's going to take. Quite often then, anyway, I'll simply put it down to a day rate. So find out what your day rate is, what you're happy making at the end of the day when basically your insurances are paid when you've paid for your travel, you've paid for all the maintenance, when you've had everything that you know needs to come out of your business has came out, or you're happy taking away with at the end, that should be a day rate. So I'll either charge it by that, or in my head I will look at certain factors and I'll come up with an hourly rate on top. So for example, my hourly rate is normally starting from £30, and I'll go from there. So this is when I'm pricing up a job. So I'll walk into the property, I'll have a look at it, and I sort of you get an idea the more you do these, but I'll go, right, that section will take about an hour, two hours, three hours, and I'll, I'll build it up from there. But the factors that you want to be um, taking on here is, is it a, you know, quotation marks here, trim, or is it a reduction? Now, this is, this annoys me a little bit, because quite often, I'll get someone ring me up and say, 
hi, I'll let you come trim my hedge. You know, it's 10 foot tall, blah, blah, blah. And I'll go, yep, no worries, brilliant. Go for the consultation, you know, I'll drive, you know, let's say 10, 15 miles for this consultation and get this 10 foot hedge because it's going to be like a good little owner. And I'll get them, they'll go, yeah, so we want it from 10 foot, but it's a bit hard, you know, where it's there. It's about out of our reach now. We want it down to six foot. And the first thing I'll say, you know, in some way or shape or form is basically that's not a hedge trim, that's a hedge reduction. Okay, in my eyes, if you're taking it past, you know, last year's growth, you know, a good bit, a good bit past it, then that is not, a, that's more than a trim. So a trim is to like last year's growth, keeping it in check. That's like a maintenance trim. If you're taking it two, three, four, five, six foot, then that isn't a trim. You are reducing the size of a hedge, you know, a lot. And therefore that comes with a different price range. Because what you'll find is the more mature the hedge is, so the more you go into the hedge, it gets thicker and thicker and thicker. Now what this sort of changes is you're no longer trimming up this hedge with your hedge trimmers. You know, you're now looking at a chainsaw job, a lopper job, you know, possibly even saws, definitely saws if you're using chainsaws as well. So, you know, these are factors of what you need to know about and also what you need to be asking that client about because that will then change the price. I'm £30 an hour like when it comes to figuring out the price of my head, but as soon as it goes into reduction and I'm now using a chainsaw, you know, it's more than that. But that's then job by job basis. So you can't just have a one price fits all all hedges are this amount. You know, if you do and that works for you and your business, then look fine. But the way I, I like to look at jobs is the harder they are, you know, the more expensive they're gonna be. And quite frankly, why wouldn't we look at it that way? You know, you need to take in consideration of all these outside factors. Is it a trim? Is it a reduction? You know, what type of hedge is it? Is it so mature that it's, you know, there's so much fine work with it, you know, where you've got to find them different angles, really take your time. You've got to go multiple passes to make sure, you know, because they want it nice and tight. Is it the fact that there's now a wall in the plate in the way and you need a different type of ladder or, you know, it's just unsafe because there's electricity lines above you, whatever it might be. You just need to take in that into account and then, you know, dealing with it appropriately and pricing appropriately. One thing that I hate seeing is people undersell, people underselling a job and doing themselves, you know, leaving money on the table basically. Because if you're doing a job that is of that magnitude is dangerous, where you're 12 foot in the air holding a chainsaw, then you should not be charging, you know, £15 an hour that you might do for some general maintenance. Okay, it needs to, you need to separate, you know, you need to think of your worth and you need to separate what might be easy and what might be very hard and where your prices come in at that scale. And truth be told, that'll be done at each person very differently. But yeah, that's just my 10 pence on it. So that's all that I've really got to say on today's podcast with it is, and it is just a general overview push about hedges. I'm sure people do them in many different ways. And look, like I say, I'm not ever saying that my advice is the only one to take care of or to take on or to, to think about and take as legend. You know, all it simply is, is a starting point. The fact of if you're thinking about it or if you've been out the game for a little while and you're trying to catch up on, you know, refamming yourself, quite frankly, then I just wanted to push out there how I think of things and the pricing and all the rest of it. But hedges are a fantastic way to start bringing in money, okay? Quite often, you can charge more than a day rate and it take less than a day. And you can it can be a good little earner, quite frankly. 
especially for these times where the gardens are winding down, i.e. the grass, and you want to start having a substitute there that you can still sort of push out and make money on. It can be really beneficial. So anyway, thank you very much for joining me in this week's podcast. It is greatly appreciated once again. You can find me on YouTube. I'll have all the sort of links and all the rest of it in the description below. Just simply swipe down on this uh, on this podcast and you'll find all the descriptions in the notes. Find me on YouTube, Facebook and Instagram all under J-Rock Lawn Care and Gardening. So thanks again for joining me. I hope you have a brilliant weekend and I'll catch you in the next episode. Peace out.